So yeah, hello everyone and welcome back to this episode of M Square. Today with we have one very special guest with us. So she's a conservation architect. She's an heritage educator. She's a public speaker too. She has an initiative called My Heritage Trails through which she's trying to raise awareness about heritage and conservation in Chhattisgarh. She is one she I we can definitely say she's the only conservation architect in the entirety of Chhattisgarh and that is a very cool thing that uh, we could say about and she is an amazing personality and a very confident speaker so today we have with us ms nishta joshi so nishta thank you so much for you know being a part of the show it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show so welcome to the show nishta hi thank you thanks for having me yeah it's it's our pleasure to be very honest but you know like a conservation architect when we were discussing uh, before the interview is a very unique term to me and to be very honest i've heard it for the first time as i've heard conservationists you know i've heard archaeologists archaeologists and uh, so i'm 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 pretty i'm not very good at it but i would try to you know get my uh, diction correct of most of the things that i'll be speaking so uh, when i when it comes to archaeology i mean think the first exposure of my would have been the film lutera when i saw ranveer singh you know doing because most of my influences have been bollywood so i'm i'm no i sound very naive in there but uh, that is how it started so when i was discussing with you and when i heard the word conservation architect that was something very new to me and it It's, it really sounds a very different sort of field of work you can say that somebody would be interested in so anishta we just want to know about you a little bit about you how did you get into conserv- being a conservation architect how was your journey and what inspired you to become a conservation architect i'll pick up right from where you started when you said about rudira so rudira is also one of my most favorite films of all time oh, okay and greatly uh, influenced me in a particular way uh, so uh, this field has been showcased in bollywood in a lot of different ways and when you look at uh, building conservation as a field it is very vast there are various aspects to it like archaeology is something that is mostly related to uh, sites not particularly buildings as such there are very uh, old sites chandaka so the excavation part of it is done by archaeologists uh, another aspect of this is also shown in the film lavajkal where uh, i think okay. you've seen it the yeah yeah something the yeah, buildings yeah. and all of yes yes a lot of people can confuse me with what she was doing as well but she was an art conservator she was basically conserving the artwork the uh, paintings or the uh, sculpture that was there in the buildings so she was doing okay. that so basically this is a very vast field and there are n number of things that you can do related to this field conservation architecture although i do not think has been showcased in bollywood at all <laughs> so i'll start with that like what is conservation and how do you get into this field so after my 12th with pcm i was very confused on what to do and doing like studying architecture was never a part of the plan yeah. it just came across to me i think my father introduced me to the field of architecture and i i remember i was in 12th standard at that time and i was very driven towards the uh, humanities and i think i've always been driven towards humanities and social sciences and even though i was doing my 12th with uh, pcm i always wanted to shift to humanities Okay. but as all indian parents my parents were also not very happy with that idea at that particular time in 2014 so <laughs> my father wanted me to be in some other technical field 
and I really did not want to do engineering. I was very sure of that. Okay. So my father said, "Ki, engineering field hai, chahe research a bit about it. You can do it. You also have an artistic vibe, and uh, it might interest you." And I read about it. I saw what they teach in architecture, and I really liked it. So I started with doing my graduation. It's a five-year course of bachelor's of architecture. I did that. But while I was doing my architecture, very soon, I think by second year or something, I realized that uh, although it is a very beautiful profession and you get to design and you, you know you get to perceive spaces, yeah. I, I still felt that it was not my calling. And then again, I got very confused on what to do. So when I was in the third year of my graduation course, a faculty of mine inspired me. She's my mentor, and she herself is a conservation architect. But she's in the education sector right now. She's not practicing. She's also from Brighton. Okay. So she inspired me greatly, and when I got to know that she has done a specialization in conservation, I started researching more about the field. And more and more, I read about it. I realized that it is an immensely interesting field, and it's very rare. Uh, at that point in time, I wanted to know that there were hardly any people who were working in this field in Chhattisgarh, especially. So okay. I got intensely driven towards it, and then from that point onwards, I think I have uh, planned everything according to this only. I realized it much later, uh, sorry, much earlier in my architectural education that I wanted to be a conservationist. I wanted to be a conservation architect. So I applied for my internships that way. I studied that way. I learned and I trained myself that way. And then I went ahead and did my specialization from School of Planning and Architecture in conservation. Okay. So I did years of masters in conservation, and that's how I became a conservation architect. Okay, that's quite a wonderful journey, I would say. You know, like started from PCM, wanted to go into technical field. I think I could share some of your experiences until you wanted to get into a technical field because uh, I could relate my experiences when I did PCM and you know, I joined engineering, left it out after a year because I felt you know, no, this is just too much. I was a little stupid back then, but thick. Thank in uh, for me, it fell in place. But yeah, it was really nice of you. You know, like you were very clear about what you wanted to do, and you had you know, we all say that. Somewhere, somewhere or the other, we definitely at some point in our lives, something that strikes us in a way that stays with us for a very, very long time. And I think it would, uh, with you, it was, you know, going into architecture and then realizing that, okay, this is, uh, we want to pursue more into the field of uh, conservation architect and how it was a very rare field. And I think the first time I heard the term was from you. And that really intrigued me, you know, to understand more about it, how it goes in. And so what is your line of work is like i mean that is something i a lot of people would want to know when they hear the word conservation architect because uh to any person uh, uh, I, I would say key not many people would know about it yet even in 2022 when there are you know uh, the apart from technical fields there are so many other fields that are getting the exposure but i would say technical uh, conservation architect still something which is you know not privy the information regarding it is not privy to a lot of people if you say to someone like me we usually take it from a perspective it might be something related to you know being an archaeologist or being a conservationist so uh, yeah. how does uh, how would you say ki how is the study like is it similar or is it very much different from you know what an architect would learn and uh, what are the key roles of uh, somebody would have to do when they become a conservation architect? So this is uh, literally the most asked question from me that what, what is a conservation architect yeah. and what do conservation architects do? So let me tell that first. Uh, we basically restore and conserve heritage structures and heritage sites. And it is not just restricted to that. We also work with culture and traditions. 
So that way our domain is very large. We work with cultural heritage and all elements of cultural heritage along okay. with national heritage at times. If there are mixed sites. So uh, I can also work on a building and try to conserve it or restore it and retain it in its original form. And I can also work with culture and traditions, things like festivals, languages, to retain uh, the authenticity of that particular okay. aspect of our history. What was your second question? Yeah, no, no, th- that was majorly the question, you know, that uh, how do you, what are the major line of work is like? So when you talk about, you know, working with culture, that is one of the most intriguing part of your job with something which appeals to me a really lot, you know, working with culture, because that is something which not a lot of people get a chance to do. So, you know, we all say, okay, okay our culture is rich. Our culture is, you know, evolving. We need to, you know, actually conserve our culture. Otherwise it will get lost in this fast paced world. And you are someone who is actually doing it. So, you know, how does it feel to be on the ground and doing the actual work, which I think millions of people in our country say they want to do, they feel they should do it. But they do not have, I would not say the opportunity or something, but you know, like you are actually doing the work on the ground. So how does it feel, you know, when you work with actually the people who you are, see, if I'll say, I want to preserve a certain type of culture, maybe I'm not doing it in my day-to-day life. Okay. Because certain times, you know, just for our own convenience, I'll say, okay, no, I'll do this, which is, which might not be in sync. I won't say against the culture, but might not be in sync with the culture. But when you go, you know, to areas where people are actually practicing the culture A to Z, how does it feel to work with them? You might have had some really amazing experiences I can, you know, uh, I can think of. So if you can, if you are willing to share any of those experiences and how was your experiences, uh, experience working with the people who are, who are there, you know, actually practicing the whole culture? It is, first of all, it is very extremely rewarding. Uh, the happiness and the satisfaction that you get uh, after you do something like this is immense. And I think that is incomparable to anything else that you can ever do. Yeah. Uh, having said that, I would like to share my experiences in Bastar. Uh, Bastar is a district in Chhattisgarh. I have been very closely associated with uh, Bastar's culture and the people there for almost uh, four years now. Um, actually, it has been a very important and very influential part of my own uh, personal journey because when I was doing my bachelor's, so there is a thesis that we do in the last semester of architecture, uh, bachelor's in architecture. Okay. So the thesis that I did in my bachelor's uh, also had Bastar as its site. That was the background where I designed something and I presented something to my jury. Then when I uh, started doing my master's, then again, Master did a very important role and it was a uh, it was a subject of study for me in my master's thesis as well. So I've been visiting Master since 2018, I think almost every year. I don't even okay. remember the number of times I've been there. But every time I go there, I realize that the culture that Master holds is so rich and I think it is one of the richest places in terms of culture and traditions in entire India and hardly anyone knows about it. And we are so lucky that Masdak is located in Chhattisgarh and we get to experience it. So there are various tribes that are there in Masdak and uh, they have a very famous festival. I think a lot of people know about it. It's called Bastar Dashera. And it is probably one of the longest festivals to be celebrated in the entire world. It goes on for 75 days. Uh, wow. It is very different from the Nigeria that is celebrated around the country. 
uh, it is basically a commemoration of the local tribal goddess. Her name is Devi Danteshwari. Uh, we also have a very famous, very old mm-hmm. temple of Devi Danteshwari. She is the presiding goddess of the tribals in Master. So my master's thesis was about studying the ritualistic landscape that is there in Master Deshera. The yeah. spatial so by spatial manifestation, I mean to say that I try to connect the intangible, that is the festival and the rituals, with the tangible, that is the spaces that those rituals were being performed in. So over the years, okay. I studied the past particular festival, how it was celebrated and what are the unique elements in that festival or the places that the particular festival is being celebrated in. Uh, why is it unique and why is it different from almost every other festival that is celebrated around the world? That was my entire study about. And even though it's been almost four or maybe more years uh, trying to study about it, I realized that I do not know even 50% of the festival or even 50% of the culture that is there. It is so rich. I think I will continue studying it for almost 10 years and maybe then also something or the other will be there. But as a conservation architect or as someone who is in the profession or is actively trying to do something about preserving these cultures and traditions, we also know that change is something that is constant. We cannot avoid change. The only idea is to try to preserve the uh, the idea, the thought the that is there, the, yeah. culture or tradition. And even even though I'm a professional and I want to try to work in this field, no matter how much I try, I can never do anything until unless the local people get along mm. with me, until they understand the value of their culture or their traditions or their festivals or the heritage structure that is there in their locality. We are just facilitators of the process. We okay. can just go and you know tell them that this is important, why it needs to be preserved. We can put them in a technological or a technical aspect. Uh, we can help them with uh, maybe some sort of construction work, some sort of technical aid. Okay. But the main work has to be done by them. Especially if we talk about cultural heritage, we can just go and tell them that this is very important. This is something that is unique and only you have this particular tradition and you have to retain it. But it won't be retained or it won't be saved until unless the local people realize the importance of their own culture okay. and they actively try to. So even though I am in the profession, that's the only part that I can play. Some sort of capacity building, some sort of education, some sort of spreading awareness, and then helping in a technical way. That to only to a limit to my knowledge of the extent of specialization. That most of the work is always done by the local community. That is why we work so closely with local communities too. Yeah, I think that's such a wonderful aspect of your work, I would say, you know, like where you work and where you're not only trying to uh, preserve their culture, you're also trying to educate them on the fact that how rich is their own culture. I mean, like, as you mentioned, the people might not be aware that, you know, because when we do something on a very regular basis, we fail to understand the value that is hidden in there. So when someone from the outside comes and tells you, right, okay, this is the value of what you're doing. 
you can say that this is so different from what the entirety of the world is doing so how has been that experience because you know people might not have been aware so when you jab aap bastar gaye honge to unko pata nahi hua ki what they are doing is so special to them so how was it experience ki when you went and told them is there anything related you know like you had to sit down with them and explain to them ki okay this is so good and like so uh, this is one part of my question the other thing which i would want to ask is have you seen a trend not a trend ever have you seen any changes that is happening over time in the same like the way they celebrate the festivals or a, a shift in the culture because as the generation changes you think is some things get lost and some new things get added into the similar things that people have been doing so have you ever had that experience but uh, you can just shed some light on that yeah definitely there have been a lot of changes since uh, bastar dashera is a living tradition in fact most of the festivals that are there are celebrated in all tribal regions around the world are living traditions so some change is bound to happen in the yeah. form of those festivals traditions and i don't think that there is anything wrong in it even as people we change and transform a lot yeah, over the years agreed. even in form of the cultural aspects change there's no problem but then there should be some sort of authenticity and originality that should remain uh, within there the yeah. idea should be the same the processes might differ the way that people perceive that particular tradition can differ but then the authentic idea behind it should always be that is always our main motive but very surprisingly when i went to bastar unlike any other place in the country that i've been to people were very well aware of the richness of their culture oh, okay. and the importance of the festival uh also i noticed one thing that whenever you go and meet tribal communities they are sometimes very private about their traditions yes. their culture they do within their community uh things were very different in bastar because people were very accepting they were very happy that people were coming and witnessing their rich culture and they were writing about it or they were talking about it they were showing about it on tv they were very excited and they were very welcoming in fact they motivate they told more and more things about their culture to us when we went and asked them even basic questions so the people really are aware of how rich their culture okay. are tradition celebrated very nice which is not uh, there so much in other parts of the country that is also what makes bastar region very okay so um now as you mentioned right the people are very aware so uh is is there some initiatives that were taken by the government that have made people very aware or is there something in the culture itself or is is there something in the people itself that they were so aware about you know the richness of their culture uh, actually both in the recent times especially the government local government local authorities have been taking a, a lot of actions to promote the okay. festival uh the festival also drives the entire community's economy to some extent that is also okay. one factor why okay because they put up markets they put up the display of their artwork their craft during this 75 mm-hmm. day long yeah it's a very long time to you know showcase the richness of art and culture that is in your community that we also is there there's the belief in the faith the god or the traditions of those people is very very strong. even uh, even though all of these things have been additive factors the faith that the people have in their goddess or in the richness of their tradition has been the major driving factor why the festival okay. still continue till in its uh, entirety and, entirety, yeah. and that is that's very rare 
to see in today's fast growing society because yeah, rarely anyone has time to celebrate a festival that long yeah. you know uh, leaving their work and all of that so yeah it is quite an experience and i think everyone should go and at least witness the festival once but uh basar is not the only region that is so culturally rich in chatisgarh there are other regions as well although because of the initiatives of uh, local people activists the youth of the region and the government collectively basar has been very highlighted these days but if you look at any part of chatisgarh i think you're going to find a lot of heritage a lot of culture and a lot of different traditions festivals or different uh, you know ethnic qualities and okay. a lot of heritage as again we did not in chatisgarh we did central chatisgarh and i think this is a state which is very very unexplored very unsung and okay. there is so much more to explore and learn about our state i would definitely agree to that 100% uh because you know i i'm i'm also guilty of that i would not uh, you know shy away from that i have not explored much of chatisgarh if i have to say that because we uh, being from chatisgarh we always move out we think okay you know like uh, we have never tried to explore chatisgarh to an extent which i should have done i guess in the past but that you know like when we were discussing you brought out a very important perspective you know like how the economies of the tribes are driven by the festivals which they celebrate and how you know putting up their artworks uh, for exhibitions and bringing the artwork out of bastar to the entirety of chatisgarh can actually help preserve the culture uh, of these tribes or preserve the uh, what you can say uh, the overall essence of whatever festivals that are there or what what, what is the culture they are you know uh, following so do you feel that uh, bringing out the, if something supports the economy of a particular tribe that actually helps in preserving their culture or you can say the rituals of a particular tribe i think uh, that should not be the most important thing yeah. when you talk about preserving a culture retaining traditions but that is definitely a driving factor i'm also not going to say no to that because in today's growing world growing economy uh, financial stability is something that everyone seeks yes. and in communities i've always been very uh, uh, basically they have not got the kind of resources or the kind of uh, appreciation that they should have gotten be it in terms of uh, social standing be it in terms of economic standing so i think that is a very important driving factor for them to continue that their culture although this is something that also comes a lot from within because okay. we also see that there are generations younger generations of tribal communities which are not so keen on uh learning their traditions or their artwork or their yeah. so many traditional arts and crafts in india are also getting lost because of the same reason so if you look at those things and i think it definitely should be promoted in a manner where there is more uh which promises more economic stability to these artists and but a lot of that also has to be you know very internal and very grown because uh if you look at a particular artwork or a craft which has been there for centuries or which has been there for ages that particular piece of art is not heritage but the process that is followed to uh, produce that form of art okay. is a uh, is heritage basically the process that is being taught from generations to generations or uh, uh, in that particular community that entire process is the part of our heritage that is our culture to preserve that you you need a lot more motivation than just money i feel 
Okay, that's that's such a wonderful thing, you know. I mean, uh, when everything is driven by money, how uh, important it is to not just be driven by money. I think that was a very wonderful point that you put across, and uh, that's really amazing to hear from someone who is working so closely with the cultures and the you know the people, the tribes, and to understand the importance of having a financial stability, but at the same time not making it the sole driver of the entire thing. Because then after a point, everything will become materialistic. and the very essence of uh, you know preserving the culture preserving uh, the heritage gets lost when everything is just driven by money and i would exactly. i would really like to you know if i have to take away one of the things of this talk this would definitely be one of the things because not just you know when i when i speak with someone but also for me uh, in a personal uh, what i can say capacity Thank you so much for listening to this episode of M Square Podcast. Please do check out our other episodes with Ms. Shruti Seth, with Jugaadu Kamlesh, and with Nishkarsh Sinha. We have launched a new podcast called Rahasya. Uh, that is a horror. If you are a fan of horror, you should definitely check out that podcast of ours. We are also releasing a true crime podcast called the Indian Crime Podcast, real life crime stories. Do check out that. And also, we are going to conduct a podcasting workshop in IIT Bombay at Mood Indigo Fest. So, if you are someone who wants to learn more about podcast, keep checking out our Instagram at N Square Podcast and at Anurag Manik Seven. Uh, do share your inputs, uh, any improvements that we need to do in our show. Please do let us know at the email. Our email ID is anuragmanik7@gmail.com and msquarepodcast@gmail.com. And as we always say, until next time, stay quirky, stay different.